Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Romina Betsin and Andrew Irving from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament produced at the community radio station 3CR. Today we will speak about CICD's greetings on International Women's Day, Defence White Paper, the Turnbull government's recent unrestricted nuclear deal with India, Nuke Industry Targets South Australia, and the parliamentary election result in Iran. CICD greetings on International Women's Day. On the occasion of International Women's Day, the CICD committee expresses its solidarity with those fighting for the rights of women as part of the struggle for peace and the liberation of humanity. International Women's Day first emerged from the activities of labor movements at the turn of the 20th century in North America and across Europe. Since those early years, International Women's Day has assumed a new global dimension for women in developed and developing countries alike. The growing international women's movement has been strengthened since 1911 when the first International Women's Day was initiated by the pioneer German Clara Zetkin. 105 years after that first International Women's Day and 88 years since it was first observed in Australia, there is still much to do. International Women's Day brings together women across the world to celebrate our achievements and highlight our continued fight for gender equality. This year there's been an exciting development in the International Women's Day calendar with the Victorian Trades Hall organising a raw fest, Women's Rights at Work. Come together, six days of action celebrating working in union for gender equality, wage justice and respect at work between the 6th and the 11th of March. The program starts today, the most important being the traditional march to be held on Tuesday the 8th starting at 5.30pm. For more information on the program, visit unionwomen.org.au. Defence White Paper. The United States is driving to continue and control China and maintain its dominance in the Asian region. The new Australian Defence White Paper, DWP, is designed to aid in the achievement of this goal. The Turnbull government is proposing to spend almost $50 billion on the next decade to fund the biggest expansion of Australian naval power since World War II. At a cost of $1 trillion over the next 20 years, the DWP is leading Australia down destabilising and risky path of military intervention, escalation and can only make us poorer, not safer. This money should really be used to create jobs for the 800,000 unemployed, homes for the homeless or to help the 2 million Australians living in poverty. Also, funds need to be available for the significant increases required for education and health expenditure. Instead, 
the billions will go into the pockets of the armaments corporations, most of them US-based. And depending where the submarines are to be bought from, France, Germany or Japan. The major investments contained in the white paper are based on strengthening the interoperationability between Australian and US forces. We know the alliance with the US has pulled Australia into many wars it did not need to fight. Korea, Vietnam, the Persian Gulf, Somalia, Afghanistan, Iraq and Syria. The rise of China continues to be a source of economic prosperity to Australia and a number of other countries. However, its military expansion and refusal to obey the rules-based global order creates tension which Australia needs to counter by rearming. China is surrounded by US bases in Singapore, South Korea, the Philippines and Japan with the U.S. taking over nearly half of Guam for a massive expansion of its military base, Australia allowing U.S. Marines to be based in Darwin. It should not be a surprise to anyone that China is moving to defend its borders. China maintains its right to self-defence. Australia is risking by making China an enemy because it suits the interests of the United States. China officials have commented that Australia has been encouraged, seduced and threatened into a military build-up by the United States. Australia should try and maintain a good economic and trade relationship with China. Australia's military expenditure will not bring any benefit, either strategically or economically. The DWP concedes that any attack on Australia is an extremely remote prospect, but it feels able to talk about preparing the ADF to take a more active role in shaping regional affairs, including in the South China Sea. The process of Australian forces being more closely integrated with those of the United States means that Australian forces can operate with US forces and no other. This is because internal military communications are now dependent on US controlled systems. This military subservience to the United States compromises Australia's security because our support for US engagement in the Asia Pacific adds to regional tensions and increases the risk of Australian involvement in war. Australia's economic well-being, security and national independence requires a foreign policy which upholds peace and supports transparency, disarmament, cooperation and mutually beneficial trade. CICD will be lodging a submission against this significant increase in expenditure included in the White Paper. Recent unrestricted nuclear deal with India. The Temple government's recent unrestricted nuclear deal with India will have diplomatic ramifications for the South Asia region. The civil nuclear deal recently signed by Australia and India for the purpose of exporting uranium has raised various important questions regarding the use of Australian uranium in India. Government officials have assured the international and domestic community that the deal will build on the bilateral relationship between the two nations through economic and strategic means. 
it is quite clear that there are various risks involved on Australia's part, which in turn can significantly hamper their geopolitical reputation and affect their bilateral relationship with other nations, potentially leading to instability in South Asia. In the past, Australia has considered exporting uranium to India, particularly under the Howard government. The policy was revoked by Kevin Rudd. It was eventually reintroduced by Julia Gillard and then implemented by Tony Abbott. India is one of the four nations that have failed to sign the Non-Proliferation Treaty, NPT. Over the years, Australia has always taken a strong stance against exporting uranium or having any form of uranium deals with any state that has refused to sign the NPT. There have been doubts from several prominent leaders, the international community and the general public regarding the safeguards against nuclear proliferation in relation to the deal. These safeguards, or lack thereof, have have resulted in a largely unrestricted deal that can enable India to use the uranium for nuclear proliferation or at least aid with the proliferation of its nuclear stockpile. The blame in this case falls on the Australian government, who went against the wishes of its joint committee to carry on with the agreement. The Nuclear Industry and the South Australian Royal Commission South Australians are being bombarded with media messages boasting the benefits of the nuclear industry and ridiculing their opponents. The state is suffering high unemployment already and the situation is set to become dangerous when General Motors Holden stops vehicle production next year. The recommendations coming from the South Australian Royal Commission are for a waste dump to be established in the state and for other nuclear options including power generation to remain open. It is projected to cost $147 billion for the claimed 120-year life of the dump, which would bring in $257 billion in revenue over the same period. A handy $5 billion a year would be put into a sovereign wealth fund for the cash-strapped state. The Royal Commission found that nuclear power energy would not be economical for the foreseeable future because of a relatively flat demand for electricity and the unexpected and for some corporations unwelcome success of wind and solar power generation. If at some stage Australia needs to hurry up its efforts to get to a zero emissions target for power generation by 2050, the nuclear option is back on the table. The federal government is looking kindly on the developments in South Australia. The Liberal Party has had a pro-nuclear stance for many decades with a Howard-era inquiry into the nuclear option coming back. CICD will also be making a submission to this Royal Commission opposing the establishment of any nuclear waste dump in South Australia. Iran's election result. Iran just completed elections for its parliament and an assembly of experts. It was the 10th parliamentary elections since the 1979 Islamic Revolution. 
Nearly 5,000 candidates were competing for the 290-seat parliament. The Assembly of Experts consists of 88 elected seats. It is the Assembly that will decide who is the next supreme leader of Iran after the current Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. Because the Assembly of Experts has been elected in the first place, the electorate will have an important say on who is Iran's next supreme leader. It is true that Iranian leaders often criticize the U.S. as the Shaitane Bozorg, meaning Great Satan, and in the past have called for death to America and Israel. The latter injunction is accurately understood to be a verbal condemnation of America's imperialistic wars in the Middle East and of illegal Israeli occupation of Palestinian territory. Neither Khamenei nor his predecessor have publicly endorsed torture as state policy, as Donald Trump and George W. Bush before him have. Nor have Iranian leaders arrogated the right to assassinate people around the globe with aerial drones and special forces as U.S. President Obama has. It is true that the nearly 5,000 Iranian parliamentary candidates were vetted by an unelected guardian council. The council was set to be in favor of religiously and politically conservative candidates. As it turns out, the election results show big gains for candidates considered to be reformists and moderates who are allied with the current president, Hassan Rouhani. He was elected in separate presidential election in 2013. Iran is not a Western liberal democracy. President Rouhani and his allies may be more willing to dialogue with Western powers, but at the same time, they are still strong opponents of Washington's interference in the region. And now a special announcement. On April the 3rd, 2016, CICD will be celebrating John Ellis's life and his achievements for peace and social justice. For over 57 years since the formation of CICD, John has been part of our active campaigns for peace and nuclear disarmament. John's work has documented the anti-war, Aboriginal, Union, refugee and anti-uranium mining movements and community activism in general. His images are the largest non-government collection of historical significance within the left movement. We invite you to celebrate John's life and his achievements with us. So on the 3rd of April, please join us to thank John for all his work for the CICD, Social Justice and Peace Movement. The event will be held on Sunday the 3rd of April between 2 and 6 p.m. at the Unitarian Peace Memorial Church, 110 Gray Street, East Melbourne. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to Alternative News brought to you from the community radio station 3CR. I'm Romina Betson and Andrew Irving. Looking forward to your company again next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.